Welcome and thank you for choosing this two-part series by Randy Clark. In part number two, entitled Words of Knowledge, Randy answers many of the foundational questions regarding the use of this spiritual gift. You will be taken on a journey on how to practically receive and give words of knowledge for healing. We pray that you will be highly impacted by this message. Twenty years ago, I was pastoring the Spillertown Baptist Church, American Baptist Church, and I had a woman that's dying in our church who had been, her sister and her, been in the church for about 50 years. They had 30 years take, taken care, had taken care of the uh, children's ministry, and everybody loved her, and she was stricken with cancer and was dying. And I had um, scheduled a meeting with a group I never heard of through a friend of mine who was a chaplain at ORU. Uh, with this guy named John Wimber, and he's going to send a team to my church. And, but I didn't think she was going to live long enough for them to get there. So I called out to the Yorba Linda Vineyard and got a hold of a guy named Lance Pitluck, who at that time was an intern from the Presbyterian Church, who had had a very successful ministry in the Presbyterian Church, and, and was doing an internship at the Vineyard. And, and uh, he, who, by the way, today he's the pastor of the Anaheim Vineyard. But anyway, uh, then he wasn't. And, and his name was Lance Pitluck. And, I uh, I said, Lance, I'm a Baptist pastor, and I believe in healing, and I've been healed, but I know there's a lot more I need to learn, and I think there's some things you could teach me. Is there any way that this woman, I'm afraid she's going to die, is there any advice? Can you can you help me? How can we see more healing in our church? First question he asked me, he said, Randy, do you believe in words of knowledge? I said, yeah, I believe in words of knowledge. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. That's one of the things about evangelicals. We, we kind of think that we've got it if we know the menu. There's a difference between knowing the menu and, and ordering something from it. Sometimes we eat the menu rather than what we could order from the menu. And, I mean, it's good to, I mean, hey, at least you know the menu. Some people don't even know the menu. And sometimes the menu tells you what's poison and what not to eat, too. So it's a really good thing to know the menu. I'm not putting that down. But, but don't mistake the difference between thinking you've got something because you know about it. So the next question he asked was, I, he asked me, do you believe words and lies? I said, yes. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. He says, do you know how to have them? I said, no. Now, to be honest, I actually had gotten some information that I'd forgot about because I didn't know what to do with it. Oh, by the way, have we started, camera guys? Are we on live? Okay, good. Um, so uh, several years before, actually it was one year before, my church, and I was passionate, won the Evangelism Award for the 200, out of the 242 churches in the American Baptist denomination in Illinois and Missouri, the Great uh, Rivers region. And, uh, uh, and I had basically committed uh, suicide, political suicide career-wise because I received this one award for evangelism that they give to one church a year and immediately proceeded to the American Baptist Charismatic Fellowship. And I got there and I said, I don't know if I'm in the right place or not. I believe in all the gifts of the Spirit. But, and, and, and I do speak in tongues, but I, I don't think you have to speak in tongues to be baptized in the Spirit, so do, do I fit? And they said, that's all right, come on in. And, but I knew I was in trouble going there because that was like, in the, you know, political suicide. And so there's this woman there named Dr. Edna Brown who had her doctorate degree from Eden Theological Seminary, United Church of Christ, black lady. And uh, I knew that she was charismatic. And, and she, I knew that she had this gift, a word of knowledge, but it always amazed me. You know, like people would say this and that. And how do they know that? And so I asked her, Edna, how do, you, how do you know when you're having one of those words of knowledge? And she said, honey, you check your body out before you go to church. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? 
You know, I don't tell her anything. She, I just smiled and said, thank you. I had no idea what that meant. Honey, check your body out before you go to church. I, I, I didn't know. And I remember like the first time I met Bob Jones, the prophet Bob Jones. I spent three days in his house once in 1997. And, um, 87, I mean. Anyways, three days in Bob Jones' house, and, and, and he kept talking to me, and he'd say, You know what I mean? And I'm sitting there too embarrassed to say, I haven't a clue. I just sit there and smile. <laughs> I hadn't a clue what he meant most of the time. Matter of fact, that was not the best way to get involved and introduced to the prophetic, because he was so odd that I just said, I don't think I want anything to do with this ministry, the prophetic, and... Until I met Larry Randolph, who was pretty normal, and and uh, really enjoyed seeing the fact. But you know, but then I found out that Larry Randolph considers Bob his father, and when Bob gets up, all those other guys just gets out of the way and lets you know in honor to Bob. Well, anyway, sometimes these things are strange to us because we're not used to them. And uh, so uh, Lance Pitlick said, "Get have you got a piece of paper?" Say, "Yeah, I got a piece of paper." Had an envelope. He said, I want you to write down these five ways because here we've been in a lot. Of, he said, we can't prove this from the Bible. Some of them we can show you. But what we did was we interviewed thousands of people who flow in this gift and asked them, how do you receive it? We did a sociological study. And all I'm giving you, Randy, is based on that interview, common ways, the most common ways that people receive this gift. Now, I'm going to give you a few extra, but I'll give you these first five that he gave me. Number one, I'm going to... I'm going to give them to you, then I'm going to explain it. And when I get done, we're going to ask God to come and give you words of knowledge. And then we'll have 25 of you come up and give your first word of knowledge you've ever given in your life. So before we do this, let me ask, how many of you have never received a word of knowledge for someone's physical condition to receive healing? Have you have never received a word of knowledge for a physical condition? Would you raise your hand? Okay, now keep your hand up. Only those who have their hands up can play today. Only those who have their hands up can give a word of knowledge. If you don't have your hand up, even if you get one, you can't give it. Now, tonight you can, but right now you can't because we want to show you how, for every pastor that's here, I want your eyes to be open to see how much God wants to equip His church. How eager He is to give spiritual gifts to His children. And these will all be by people who have never had a word of knowledge in their life before. Now, that means while I'm talking, you may get one. Matter of fact, you may have already had one today and didn't know what it was. And when I tell you, you'll say, oh, that's what that was. Okay? Here they are. Number one, you can feel it. Just write down, feel it. Number two, you can know it. Number three, you can see it. Number four... You can read it. Number five, you can say it. Number six, now these, these are, I, he didn't give me these to me. These are new ones for me. You can dream it. Number seven, you can experience it. A weird experience. Now, let's go back and explain them and then you'll have some. 
Matter of fact, I want to stop and pray. Father, I just thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is in us and he has all the gifts, which means that all the gifts are potentially in every one of us. And we're not limited to just one gift. And we're not supposed to just discover our one gift because we have the one gift, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit himself. And since he has all the other gifts, then the potentiality for any of us to move in all the gifts are ours. So I thank you for that reality. And I ask, Lord, that as we're teaching, that you'd begin speaking to people, giving them words of knowledge who have never had a word of knowledge, and that we'll see people get healed because of the words of knowledge. And we thank you in advance for them. We, uh, that Hebrew word, todah, which is the praise of extended hands for what you are about to do. We thank you now for what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. You can feel it. That's feeling a pain that's, that's not your pain. If you have a... If you have a knee pain, then you wouldn't give a knee pain in a meeting because it could be yours, unless it's the opposite knee that you don't have pain with. Anything that can contaminate the Word, you stay away from because you can miss it, because it's your pain. So this is a pain that's not your pain. It can happen before the service, during the service. Um, It can happen at work. The other thing is the words of knowledge, this gift, is not just for church. And, and, and when you begin, I, I was frying donuts for you once to start my last church. And I said, Lord, if you'll give me a word of knowledge, I'll give it wherever I'm at. Because it's actually a boring job. Frying donuts is, frying donuts is a boring job. And, and I said, God, if you'll just give me a word. It, you know, it's kind of like you're walking around just kind of in the normal, natural realm. And all of a sudden you get this word of knowledge. Man, you're right in the supernatural realm. It makes life exciting. Even if you're a donut fryer. It can make life exciting. So you can feel it. It's a pain that's not your pain. Second, you can know it. It's, a, it's an impression, like an impression that comes into your mind. Um, three is you can see it is like seeing an organ or seeing how somebody got hurt. You may see it like in a daydream or a mental picture. It could flash for a, a second or two. The feeling may be just for a split second. For some people, it's, it's long and hard. It, it's different. Um, Sometimes uh, when, you, when, you, when you're thinking it, you, you weren't thinking about it, all of a sudden this, this, this just keeps coming, this thought. Uh, when you see it, you know, it's like some people, it's like a vision. They, like, uh, I wouldn't see Vivian anymore because I'm in this open vision. By the way, I've never had an open vision, but I've talked to people who have and, and they intimidate me because <laughs> they have these open visions. And, by, and one of the most profound things that ever happened to, with, with us in in Mozambique, didn't happen by an open vision. It happened by a split-second mental picture that opened up two Muslim provinces. So I learned that it's not whether or not it's just open vision, because it takes less faith to speak what you saw in an open vision than it does faith to speak something that was quick and like a mental picture. So it doesn't mean it's not of the same value. It can be just as just as powerful. Um, you can read it. I've never had that. But that's where you actually see a word on somebody, over somebody, in the floor, somewhere. You see a word and you know who it's for. And you actually read the condition. Uh, number six, you say it happens all, almost entirely as you're already engaged in prayer. And as you're praying, you hear yourself spe- say in your native language, whatever that is, uh, if you're Brazilian Portuguese, if it's uh, Mexico, Spanish, if it's here, English. Uh, by the way, I, I, having gone to England, we really don't speak English. 
<laughs> but anyway, um, but as you're praying, you hear yourself say something that's a key to unlock that person's healing that re- reveals something. Now, let's go back and give you some illustrations, each one of them. And by the way, for every, would the pastors please stand? <clears throat> would all the pastors here please stand? Every pastor. Oh, gosh, we have a good number of pastors. I look forward to spending some time with you. I want to tell you, uh, how many of you, uh, this is kind of a new realm, this word of knowledge area would be for you? Would you just raise your hand? It would be kind of a new thing for you. There's four or five of you. Okay, for, all of you can be seated. For those of you that's kind of new, I'm going to tell you the first time I ever had word of knowledge. I just got this telephone call. I'd written it down on Wednesday. Sunday night at the Baptist Church, American Baptist Church is in, we were holding hands, praying for the sick. Now, that's the way we prayed for the sick. We prayed for the sick who weren't there. Did you ever notice that? We, we were trying to do graduate-level praying for the sick rather than the remedial school stuff. We were, we were starting out at graduate level. They're not even there. We're praying for the sick. We, we wouldn't have gone to the house and prayed for them because then it's, you've got to find out if it worked or not. And, and uh, so it's much safer to pray this way. And... and uh, and so uh, we were praying for this guy who had a back problem. And as we're praying for this guy with a back problem, my left eye just bam, bam, twice or once or twice, sharp and just for a split second. And I'm thinking, because I've never had one before in my life. Well, I probably had, but didn't know what they were. And now I know what they are. And because I'm a Christian, I have the Holy Spirit. He's in me, you know. Now all I need to know is how to recognize what he was doing. And, and so I'm sitting there thinking, I've been at this church seven years it took, the first three years were hell. They thought if you went to seminary, you went to the cemetery and you couldn't be anointed, which can be true sometimes. But, and it took me forever to get their respect. And for seven years I've been here. Now I finally have got their respect. Things are going well. And if I get up there and give this word of knowledge and it's wrong, it's down the tube, man. I mean, I don't want to, it's a real risk. I'm going to risk losing their respect. They're going to think I've gone off the deep end. What if this isn't God? What if this is just my eye and just, you know, a, a normal pain? What, what if, what if, what if? But being the great man of faith <laughs> that I am, I faced that doubt. And I got to thinking, if I give it and I'm wrong, I'll be humbled, which is good. If I don't give it because I'm afraid, somebody, if it is God, could have been healed and they don't get healed because I was too fearful to speak what God had given me. So I'm willing to be humbled so somebody else can get healed in case I'm wrong. But it was a battle. I'll never forget as I was walking up the steps to the pulpit that first night for my first word of knowledge. And I modeled it very well. Because nobody knew in my Baptist church about words of knowledge. So I said, being the great man of faith that I am, I think there might be somebody here who possibly may have something wrong with their left eye. Sister Ruth on my right, six foot two, 250 pounds, big woman, just buried her husband, never shed a tear, strong woman. Stood up and said, Brother Randy, that's me. Of course, in my Baptist church, everybody was related. We're all brothers and sisters. And, and I said, well, come on up here, Sister Ruth. So Ruth came on up. Now I realized something. 
the team hasn't got here yet to teach us how to pray for the sick. I got the word of knowledge, but I got the cart before the horse. Now what do I do? Now we did have oil. We were kind of spiritual. We had enough. We had enough spirit to have some oil. And and I am a wise man. And I think quick on my feet. I thought if this doesn't work, I don't want to be the only one to look bad. So I'm going to. Everybody here, come on up. We're all going to pray for Sister Ruth. Because I thought, hey, if this doesn't work, we'll all share the. <laughs> now, this is my. I hadn't been trained on how to. I had not gone, you know, speak to the condition. And so I start praying and. I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying that God, oh God, if it's your will, oh God, if it's your will, just come and touch Sister Ruth. God, we bless Sister Ruth. Oh God, come and heal Sister Ruth. We bless that eye that's got the tunnel vision. God, fix it, make it work. Oh God, we just thank you, we praise you. And then I realized when I stop, I've got to find out this works. I'm not ready for that pressure yet. Oh, God, I pray for the missionaries in Africa. Oh, God, I pray you'd bless the Sunday school. God, I pray you'd bless the teachers. Oh, God, I pray you'd be just prosperous. I prayed for everything I could pray for. And I would have prayed in tongues longer, but I knew they'd get me fired, so I didn't do that. I kept that my secret. And then finally, I didn't know what else to say, and so I quit praying. And Sister Ruth, she went... Brother Randy, I sure am glad you quit praying. I was about to fall on the floor. And then I realized something I learned in the second grade in elementary school. That if you are in front of a group of people and you're standing, do not lock both knees. Because if you lock both knees, you could pass out. And so I gave good pastoral instruction. Listen, when you come up to prayer, come up for prayer, don't lock both knees. Because if you lock both knees, you could fall over. If you think I'm bad, the Sister Baptist Church, when the Spirit of God fell there, the guy hadn't even taught anything. When the Spirit of God fell there, a guy fell over. They called 911. I mean, they, it was the Spirit of God, but they, they, they called 911. Got the answer. That's what you call surprise attack. Well, anyway, back to the story. <laughs> I've come a long way, baby. Sister Ruth said she had tunnel vision. She couldn't see, had no peripheral vision. God healed her. God healed her. Now, you know how I came to be an equipper of the saints? Do you know how I got this altruistic motivation to give away everything I've got? Do you know how that I became a person that would go around telling everybody how to flow in this stuff? It wasn't out of obedience to the Scripture. It wasn't for anything noble. The truth of the matter was, I understood something. God wants to heal I'm the only guy in the church that knows how to get a word of knowledge. That means if God wants to do it, I've got to sweat every bullet. 
I'm the one he's going to give the words to because I'm the only one that knows what they are. And so I've got the stress and pressure of being the only one that knows. So I decided the next Sunday night I'm going to teach the whole church. Then they'll know as much as I know. I'm only one week ahead of them. <laughs> then God, you can give it to anybody. It just doesn't have to be me. And we can kind of be under that pressure of finding out if it's God or not. All of us together. So the next Sunday night, I reversed it. And I taught first about words of knowledge, what I'm teaching you right now. Except I didn't have any illustration except one. <laughs> it was a shorter teaching. <laughs> and, uh, and then after we did that, we worshipped second. And then we had testimony meeting. And that's where you get up and brag about something God's done. Well, we, I taught. We worshipped. And then we started having testimony meeting. And in the middle of the testimony meeting, this woman on the back row named June. June stood up. And we were, we, I was pastoring a coal mining church with prison guards. That's 90% of the workers, men, were either coal miners or prison guards for the prison that took the place of Alcatraz. Uh, Marion Federal Penitentiary. And uh, June stood up and she said, Brother Randy, I think I'm having one of them there words you've been talking about. But my right wrist is just killing me and there ain't anything wrong with my right wrist. And I thought, now what do I do? Uh, Because I didn't didn't have any pastoral experience about what to do with this stuff. And by the way, words of knowledge and prophecy, just like nitroglycerin, if it's handled right, really, really powerful. If it's mishandled, it's really, really powerful. For damage. So I said, does anybody have anything wrong with their right wrist? And nobody stood up. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. I have opened Pandora's box. And that woman was suggestible. And she thought she had one when she didn't. Now what am I going to do? And she stood up. And after a while she said, well, maybe I didn't have one of them there things and sit down. Well, I'm getting ready to dismiss the crowd. And I had missed seeing this out of my peripheral vision. But my best friend, Tommy, who was a deacon, his wife, had I didn't know this, had, had already had surgery in both wrists and had plastic pieces put in her wrist. And she was not able to iron, carry a, uh, her clothes uh, basket. She was not able to do hardly anything because she was still having severe pains. And her worst one was her, whichever one we called out, that one we called it, wrist, right wrist. I'm getting ready to dismiss it. And her name is, my friend's wife's name is Barbara. Barbara stood up and she's crying. She had literally fallen fallen over on purpose, leaned over because she was crying. Because she was so amazed that this word, and she had the condition. But she stood up and she said, Randy, that's me. And so she, this, I mean, what happened? I hear about it on the following Sunday it happens. Then I tell the church about it and immediately the first night it happens. It's been that way for 20 straight years. We cannot teach this without the goodness of God giving it to people. Well, anyway, we prayed for Barbara, and Barbara got her wrist healed. Now, on the way home, I found out later, on the way home, that pain came back. And she spoke to it. said, I'll not receive you in Jesus' name. Leave. And it left. Now, the guys are coming. Another word of knowledge. The guys are coming from the vineyard to my Baptist church, but they haven't got there yet. Then they finally come. We pray for Sister Ruth because she not only has she has another problem, not her eyes, but this is where her arteries to her brain were clogged and they were, she uh, could have a stroke. 
And we'd waited. We kept saying, if you get healed at the meeting, if, you don't, if you're not healed at the meeting, you agree you'll go to the doctor and have the surgery. She said, I agree. And so we, for weeks we prayed for her. She didn't get healed. For the meeting, she didn't get healed. And so she went and had her arteries ringed out. I went to visit her, and they had to put a, a catheter in the groin area and runs up in, in here to, to ring out the arteries. And uh, um, she didn't, hadn't been healed. So uh, she was feeling bad, like she had failed God. She's under a guilt complex, and I tried to con- convince her with all of my pastoral wisdom, Pastor Dave. I was using all the pastoral wisdom I had, and I could not talk her logically. For me, when you apply logic and reason, but they're not logical or reason- reasonable, I don't know what to do then. So, and this was the woman who never cried, not even at her husband's death. Walked, walked, she walked him through cancer. And uh, about six months before. And she's a very strong, very stoic woman. And I got this thought. Tell her that the love of God is going to come on her. And I'm thinking, this is the last person I'd want to tell that to. Because <laughs> she's kind of like one of those women that's kind of shut down emotionally. And so all of my logic and reason didn't work. So I said, uh, God has not forsaken you, Sister Ruth. Yes, he has, Brother Andy. No, no, he's not. Yes, he has. No, he's not. Yes, he has. And I go in all the arguments you do. So I said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to ask God to prove to you he's not forsaken you. I'm going to ask him to come on you, and you're going to feel his love. And if you feel his love, would you believe he's not forsaken? Yes, because you know I don't feel. I said, I know. So close your eyes. Sister Ruth closed her eyes. I said, come, Holy Spirit. Let Sister Ruth know you've not forsaken her. And she just begins to weep. Power of God hit her. She begins to weep. I'm so excited. Yes, God, that, that's, that makes pastoral counseling fun. <laughs> and so I get in the car and I, I'm driving down the road. And I, and, and, and I just get about, you know, a quarter of a mile down the road and I get hit in the right groin. Now, she told me she'd had this groin thing, but she didn't tell me which one. And so I'm driving around, and it hit me. And I said, well, that could have been maybe a coincidence. I drive a little farther, boom, it hits me again. Oh, my gosh, my right arm groin. So I'm getting so excited. I put it in reverse, back all the way, run into her house. They don't even knock on the door. He's running out. Sister Ruth, is it your right groin? Because what it was, she's diabetic. And they told her it was going to take weeks. She had one here and one here, too. It's going to take weeks for this to heal up because um, she had trouble with her flesh healing because of her diabetes. She said, yes, it's my right groin. And I remember, I, you know, it's like when you understand how this works, it creates faith. So I just, I just, I was so excited. I went to her and I said, Sister Ruth, God's going to heal you. And I just, I just bless you in Jesus' name. And I command those sores to, to heal up. And got out and ran, and ran and got in the car and took off. I was happy as a lark. My best friend Tommy called me like two days later and said that Sister Ruth was giving herself a sponge bath and looked down and she was already totally healed and looked like baby flesh. And, it's, and the, oh man, I was getting excited. These things happen. Now, here's for every pastor, let me tell you something. Everywhere I've pastored, I've had lay people who moved more precisely, more frequently in this gift than I, the pastor, did, which really was a real problem. And I, you know, there's, there's tests you have. Now, this was my first test. I had an engineer, businessman, who got more 
word of knowledge gift than by far than I got. I mean, he was off the charts. I, I had these coal miners, janitors, businessmen, and they're moving in more words of knowledge than me, the senior pastor, has. And that was troublesome to me. I'm driving down the road with my wife and I'm talking to her, Dan. I said, Dan, I don't like this. This is really humiliating. I mean, I'm the pastor and got, they have a lot more words of knowledge and they're better words of knowledge. They're more precise than, than my words of knowledge are. And I just don't know why God would do that. And my wife, full of wisdom, said, well, if you could do everything, you wouldn't need anybody. And if you did it all, you'd get proud. This way, you know, you need the rest of us. Now, here's what we do. And I'm telling I'm speaking to the pastors now. This really is an issue. I, I, I kind of approached it with a little bit of hum, uh, uh, humor. But I'm telling you, one of the greatest challenges you will face is the anointed person by the grace of God who doesn't deserve it, didn't go to Bible college, didn't go to seminary, not suffered like you have for 40 years. And yet God's graced them. You can be glad that He would put somebody so anointed into your church that would bring the blessing of God for people to be touched, though you don't get any of the glory. Or you can be intimidated by Him and subconsciously you will run them out. You'll run them away because you cannot handle the thought that somebody in the church is more spiritual, not in the sense of... Uh, more spiritual sense of maturity-wise. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritually gifted, the grace of God in their life. And I want to tell you, if you can embrace this, it can be a great blessing to you and to your church. Insecure pastors stop things that they don't feel like they have control over. So I'm asking you this week, your prayer may be, God, heal me up. Any wounds any love deficits in my life, any wounds in my life, heal me that I can be a pastor of gifted people, that the fullness of your grace can flow through my church and without me feeling fearful or intimidated and subconsciously running them away. Um, I was in a meeting one time and, and this school teacher, remedial school teacher, uh, I mean, uh, special ed school teacher, one of the, the associate pastors. Where I, uh, we, we had like 45, 50 people in my living room. And we do this every week. And uh, it was like a training school. And I'll never forget this one time, this trustee in my church, he was a fullback player. God knocked him down and he's bouncing. But he's, he's not like doing this thing. He's literally bouncing up and down in a lame position. Just kaboom, 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 kaboom. You can't do that. I mean, any of you, come lay down and then start bouncing up and down. You can't. And I'm looking at it, and I know that's, that's bizarre, that's supernatural. And people, and I, you know, I'm still in the Baptist church, I don't know anything, because I've not talked to anybody. I've, this is not anything they taught me in seminary. And, um, and, and so this guy came and said, is that God? I said, I don't know. They said, how are you going to know if it's God or not? I said, I don't. So how are you going to know? I said, well, I'll wait. When it's done bouncing, I'll ask him if it felt good or bad. And then when, after that, I'm going to watch and see if there's good fruit or bad fruit. If he loves Jesus more, worships more, wants to read his Bible more, tells more people. If he's got good fruit, I think it's God. If it makes him less spiritual, I think it wasn't God. And so, 
That's what Jesus said. You'll know them by the fruit. Anyway, we were in a, we were in a, in a meeting once, and a, and a guy came up to me and said, See that guy over there? I said, yeah. He said, he's gay. He said, how do you know? I said, I saw the word gay written on him. Now, he wasn't a guy that had any uh, characteristics that would make you think he was gay either. He's a big, burly guy. And, uh, and then an American Baptist woman who was from another church came up to me. And same meeting, we, we, this was at a Presbyterian church we were ministering at. And she said, you see that guy over there? Same guy. I said, yeah. I said, God just showed me something about him. I said, what? I said, he's homosexual. I said, how do you know that? I said, I saw it written on his back. So I said, and listen, let's get you and John together. Go over and talk to the guy. And when you go to him, just go, don't go up and say you're gay. Just go up and say, do you struggle with any problems with sexual identity? Just ask the question. The guy said, yes. And then he told him he's, you know, what his problem was. They, they went up, and then God started showing my friend, the engineer, how, how it began, how old he was. It started with his brother. His mother instigated it. And all that stuff's right. And then God showed him one other thing, and the guy wasn't deal, ready to deal with it yet. And that's where it stopped at. You see, healing stops where the person is unwilling to go any farther with what God's revealing. You can't go past what people are willing to go with you. Now, do not make a mistake in giving words of knowledge by trying to interpret more than you're getting. I'll give you one of my classic mistakes. I was in Birmingham, Alabama at a, a, a church that had been a Baptist church. And... Uh, uh, I had, and the other, when I first started getting words of knowledge, I was like 90, 90 to 97% accurate if I failed it. If I got an impression, it was like 30% accurate. So I quit going for impressions. And I never grew in that. But, but at 32 years old, I didn't have a lot of pains in my body, so I didn't have a lot of contaminating things. Now that I'm 52, I'm praying desperately. God developed the other things. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I had I, I was pre- I was preaching and talking about words and all this, and I, I got I got this pain, and it was in my back, and it, and I, I started feeling. Oh, there's one lumbar, two lumbar, three lumbar. I said, uh, there's somebody here, uh, and you have a problem. And I counted where the pain was at. It's like your fifth lumbar vertebra, and uh, nobody stood up. And then I had an impression. It's a man. So I said, you're here. You're a man. You got a problem. Your fifth lumbar vertebra. Nobody stood up. And then I, I said, um, then I had a, one of the few times I've ever had this happen. I actually saw something. I saw a man trip over a green hose. So I said, and the way you got hurt was you tripped over a green garden hose. And nobody stood up. And that kept coming. I gave all these other words. People stood up. People getting healed. I kept coming back to that one because it's the strongest one I had. So finally I said, I don't understand. I've never had such a strong word of knowledge in my life. It's really hurting my back. And I, I think it's a man. And you tripped over a green garden hose. So finally this guy in the back stood up and said, I have a problem with my fifth lumbar vertebra and I got hurt by tripping over a green hose, but it wasn't a garden hose, it was an aeronautical hose. I said, that counts. <laughs> you see, God didn't tell me garden hose, I interpreted it. I added to what I saw. And sometimes you may have two pains and you, if you give it as if it's the same person, you don't know if it's the same person or not. You say, I don't know if it's the same person or not, but there's this and that. Don't try to give more than what you're really seeing. Sometimes in the interpretation, we really blow it. Now, one last illustration, then we're going to pray. We're going to wait two minutes, and then we're going to have 25 of you who have never given a word of knowledge before in your life come up and give one. Now, normally we would teach you and train you in cell group. 
rather than on, in a meeting like this. But this is a school. This is a time for doing things we would normally do. <laughs> and so if you make a mistake, wonderful, because I need an opportunity to explain how do you handle mistakes for the pastors that's here. It's wonderful. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, I'm trying to catch the thought that left. It was a good one, too. It was a good illustration. Well, interpreting. It was about interpretation. I don't know. It's gone. Let's pray. Father, we welcome the ministry of the Holy Spirit and we do believe with all of our heart that you are eager to equip your, your sons and your daughters. You want to cause your church, the bride of Christ, to experience your gracious love to give, to adorn her with gifts. Lord, you do not want your bride looking like a widow, but you want her to be adorned with the gifts to make her beautiful, to let the world know that she has an extravagant groom. And so we ask for people to have words of knowledge as we wait for the next two minutes. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I'm going to watch my clock. You're going to have two minutes. If you think you have a word of knowledge and you've never had one before, you can come up here and just wait until the two minutes is over. Don't wait till the two minutes is totally over. You can come as soon as you get one. Once we have 25 people, we're going to stop. We, though we can have more, it's just because of an interest of time. So we're just going to wait. One other thing, if you wait until you know you have one, you probably won't come up. It's when you think you may be having one. You've never had one before. As they're coming, we'll tell me when we got 25 and then we'll just... I remembered what I started to tell a while ago. It came back. I was teaching this at Bill Johnson's church. And this is where we got to. We brought about 25, 30 people up. We got to about the third or fourth person in the uh, meeting, I mean, in the line. And she said this, water bottle. I'm thinking, oh, my God, what have I got myself into now? Lord, what do we do with that word of knowledge, water bottle? And when you don't understand them, don't try to explain them. Because some people, you know, they'll, especially some of the wannabe prophets, they can find meaning in anything and everything. <laughs> and most of the time it's not God. <laughs> it's just the wannabe. And um, so I said, uh, I have no idea what that means. Does that make sense to anybody? And there was a woman 
with a rare disease that she had no, she, her, uh, it caused her saliva glands not to work. Her tear ducts didn't work. Her saliva glands didn't work. And she had to carry a water bottle with her everywhere she went. So this word was water bottle. That woman, she's, after I said, does that make sense to anybody? She said, that's for me. That's my word. And she was healed right then of that rare disease. And I usually don't tell that, tell that illustration because I don't like to encourage the more bizarre words. <laughs> but sometimes you get a word, you do not understand them. In my home, one, the engineer who was so gifted, we, we'd, we'd worship and then we'd wait and see if God gave anything. And then we'd give it. And he, he, he said, red, white, and blue basketball. I looked at him. He looked at me and he says, hey, I don't understand them. I just get them. So I said, does that make sense to anybody? There was the woman who was over the women's department for the Southern Baptist Convention for the state of Illinois was there. And she said, that's for me. My husband just had a major falling out over a basketball game with his best friend. They won't even speak to each other. And they, was playing, they were playing with a red, white, and blue basketball. <laughs> Sometimes you don't understand them. Okay, now these, though, are not to be prophetic. These needs to be something about physical, physical condition. Okay? Yeah, Will, if you'll help me with there. Now, here's what we do. You need to understand the purpose of a word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is like Mark. The word of knowledge is not like Mark, but I'm just giving an illustration with Mark. Mark, if Jesus came down in this meeting this afternoon, looked you in the eye and said, Mark, I know what's wrong with you, told you what was wrong with you physically, and said, now I want to heal you, would that make you excited? Yeah. Would, you, would that cause you to be expectant? Very. Would you think you was going to get healed? Would you be so excited? Would you know you was going to be healed? You know you're going to be healed because He said so. His saying so would create the faith that would bring the joy. His saying so. You wouldn't doubt it. You'd know it because He said so. That's what a word of knowledge is. When you understand that's what a word of knowledge is, it creates that type of experience. In my wife's condition, she had TMJ when the vineyard first came to my Baptist church. We watched for four days people get healed by words of knowledge. On Sunday morning, the preacher had gone and we were just left with a window washer who was going to... He got up and said, God, when I take shower day, God gave me a word. TMJ, my wife couldn't remember the initials because she'd just been to the doctor, dentist the first time. She's going to have to have surgery in St. Louis to have it fixed. And she's thinking PMS. And she said TMJ. But then when he, when he explained it, he, she said, my wife is sitting on the front row. And he explained it. She goes, that's me! And ran to the front. And then she realized, wait a minute. He didn't invite me to the front. I may have made a mistake. No one told me to come up here. I've kind of blown it. And then she realized, I'm healed. Nobody prayed. You see, and there's churches in, in Latin America, where I've been, Argentina particularly, where they understand what words of knowledge are. They are not teasers. They are, if it's really your condition. Now, like someone says you have a problem in this part of the shoulder, and you say, well, I've got a problem over here, but that's close enough. That's not as, the same as when it's called out. You have exactly that condition. You know it's for you. It is God's invitation that tonight's your night. This afternoon's your day. He wants to heal you. 
Now, if you understand that, it's like the good soil that heard the word and understood it. That's the soil that brought forth 30, 60, and 100 fold. The others didn't bring forth any fruit because they heard the word but didn't understand it. And that's why Omar Cabrera taught me, he said, when you teach on healing, you must explain the purpose of the word of knowledge because to the degree that they understand its purpose, then it produces faith. If you have it, and the, if they have it, and you have it, but you don't understand it, it does not produce the miracle that if you, your people understand it. My wife understood it. That's me. Jumped up and was healed. All right, we're ready. Thank you. Now, here's what you do. If you have the condition, you stand up as soon as they call it out. Okay? And then we're going to pray for all of you at once because of time. And then after that, if you haven't been healed, I want you to go to the person who had your word and let them pray for you. But it's important that you stand up because if you don't stand up when they call it out, they'll think they miss God. And it would be a detriment to them. They really will be set backwards because they really heard, but they won't trust it because you were too proud to stand up. Or lazy. Or scared. Or whatever it may be. That's other devil. I'm teasing. Uh, I got a pain in my groin right over here. Right groin. Can you explain the pain? Is it uh, grabbing, it just... burning? It was sort of sharp. It just felt like a sharp pain, and then it went away. All right. Pro uh, you don't have to have it right now, but that woman has a pain, sharp jabbing things in the right groin. Okay. Just remain standing there because we want to... Severe, sharp, catty-corner pains through the wrists. Right wrist or both wrists? Just a right wrist. Right wrist, catty-cornered pain, sh a sharp pain in the right wrist. Who has that? I want you to stand up if you have... You don't have to be having it now, but it, it, it can come and go. You have a problem with pain. There you go. In the right wrist. Okay, it's um, pain in the lower part of the left side of the neck, and it goes underneath the left collarbone. Or, no, what the collarbone is here. But anyway, shoulder blade. and under the shoulder blade here. It's pretty sharp. Okay, left. And there's that lady back there and one right here. A tingling and a little throbbing in the left side of the neck. Tingling and a little throbbing in the left side of the neck. Over there. Okay. Uh, two sharp pains in the inner ear, uh, the right ear. Sharp, two sharp pains, sharp pains in the right ear. Yeah, she's surprised. <laughs> and there's two of them. Extreme, extreme heartburn that goes from here into the back. Extreme heartburn, you're having pain from... Pretty much in the sternum area, just to the left of the sternum, clear to the back. What is that? Couple. I had the words lower abdomen. She, you heard the words. No, I or, saw them. Saw in my them, head. spelled yeah. out. That's not fair. In my head. <laughs> she saw the words lower abdomen. She saw those words. You have a lower abdominal problem in the lower abdominal area. area several. I received a sharp pain in my neck and later a, a real burning sensation and it now rests right in here, on my left. Okay. Sharp pain in the neck and the burning sensation that comes down in here. Yeah, right there. So I saw two things. One was a toothache and then the other was an earache and I don't know if they're related. Okay. 
Do you know you saw it? So do you, do you know upper, lower, right, left side yeah, of the mouth? On the right side, you right think? Side, yeah. Both the tooth and the ear? Yeah, and I don't know if they're related. Don't we don't know if this is related. It could be one person with both or two people each individually. You have it? Okay. And, and over there. All right. Oh, by the way, you could get healed while we're talking. It's not the prayer. I mean, some of you may already be healed. Before we pray, we're going to see how many have already been healed. You have already? Oh, you receive it. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> the left muscle leg upper behind the knee up around cramped, and it's still weak. Left muscle leg above the knee, above the knee behind it, mm-hmm. behind it. It's, all right, it's cramped, and then it, it comes up around the top of and the knee. Weak. And it's weak. You have it. All right, boy, that's really precise. That's for you. <laughs> I have two. Earlier I had a, like a throbbing kind of pain in the right. Um, forearm? Yeah, forearm and to the wrist. And then a pain right, like on the shoulder right here. on the Okay. All right. We've had this one before, but the, uh, this one. Pain, some, who is it? Okay, right over there. So far, this is really going well. Now, pastors, wouldn't this encourage you to see this happen in your church on Sunday? I tell you, it'll make your people excited. Because you're, you're, instead of you getting to have all the fun, they get to have fun too in church. Um, I felt something on a hand get like swollen and uh, cold and hot. Something with the hands. Okay. Is there anybody here that you have something in your hands that causes them maybe go hot, swollen, numb, cold and hot? That guy right there. Um, a right kidney, and I saw a vision of it with uh, the top part of it withered. Okay. Now, did you feel it and then saw a vision, or did no, you see it, everything no, by vision? I was, I was given kidney. The, oh, impression. And then I saw the, okay. the top part of it withered. Excellent. Kidney problem? Uh, and uh, who has got the kidney problem? And do you know have, do you know if the top part's withered some? But but you had the right kidney problem. Okay, my wife had a kidney problem. I mean, she saw this word. Uh, she heard. She saw an organ, and I, the little girl got healed of rare kidney disease. And I asked her on the way home. I said, "How did you know that's a kidney?" She said, "I saw it." And I knew my wife knew nothing about human anatomy, so. It was a, so how'd you know what you saw was a kidney? She said, I didn't. I saw it. I said, God, what's that? And then I heard, kidney. <laughs> I, I'm a little late in uh, acknowledging lower abdomen distress. Uh, I've been ignoring it. I realized I had that one. You have that after, one? Yeah. Okay. I got that one. But the one I received was uh, left thigh, no ache, pulse of pain occasionally just above the knee outside and in the growing uh, same thigh. Pulses of pain. Pulses of pain in the groin of the left side and then, then also in the outside, uh, just above the knee of the left thigh. The, 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 the ache was continual, but the pulse was only occasional. Okay, aches continual, pulse occasional. Who's that? You have, and by the way, if you're standing up, if you get a second word, you can just wave. All right, who has that? Anybody? There and there. Okay. On the left side, about two inches down from the belt, I had a severe pain, and it's still there. Still there. Yeah. Okay. Left side, two inches down from the belt, lower abdominal area, left side. 
Who has that? Has a problem with that area? The left side, about two inches below the belt. Over there and over there. I've got kind of a numbness on my right uh, hand between the index finger and the thumb. And it was right when you initially prayed about getting, like, physical sensations. And I thought, well, I've been writing all day, so maybe it's just from pain of writing. So I asked for a confirmation. And then I got kind of a shooting pain that extends from the right wrist to the right elbow. Okay, this is on the right hand, both of them. Yes. Okay. Who has that? That guy right there. The finger part. The finger part. Okay, then who has this part now on the, on the, the uh, right, shooting down from the wrist down to the elbow underneath the side, pain in that area? Maybe it's just confirmed the first word. Oh, over there. Somebody did. Okay. I have a sharp pain right here in my left kidney right here at my belt. And I also have a real sharp pain right here. Right here at my wrist. Wrist, bottom part of the wrist on the right, right, uh, right hand. Who has that? And also left kidney now. What do you have? Left kidney? Okay. How about the sharp pain in the bottom part of the wrist right in here? Who has that? Hmm? Anybody have that? Doesn't have to have it now, but it comes and goes. You do. Okay. I got a sharp pain in my right eye, and it's kind of like a headache, but in, in the sinus area too, and in the temple area. Okay, who is that? That guy back there? Anybody else? Oh, the other thing I found: the stronger I feel them, the more people has them, or the more severe the condition. For me, you have to learn for yourself how it will work. Uh, I was struggling with this because I have a friend that's going to have a baby in a few days, and. Um, I wasn't sure if it was just me thinking about it or not, but um, when you were praying or you were talking about um, seeing the words or whatever, I closed my eyes and I saw the word baby. And also, on top of the word baby was a capital letter A. And I don't know, um, I don't know what that means, but I saw it and I couldn't just ignore it. So if anyone has a baby um, and something about the letter A is important, you know, sometimes babies can't stand up and say, yeah, I have that. So, I okay. If that makes sense to anybody, let's stand up and let us know over there. Okay. All right. It's always interesting to find out how it made sense later on. I have pain in the right temple that goes up in this area and across my eye. Pain in the right temple goes up into the head and then down below the right eye. Or in the right eye? Below it. below it. Just barely below the right eye. Who has that? Pain here comes below the right eye. There, this guy. I had severe pain in this area. And when you said see it, I saw a kidney. So it's like confirmation of what Left kidney. Mm-hmm. Who had that left kidney problem? Who? Yeah? All right. Well, there sure seems to be a lot of healing for kidneys. Do you have a left problem as well as right? You got both. So you can put it one in. Uh, lady back there. Okay. All right. Thank you, Lord. I got a burning sensation the whole way up across back here. Your right side is the burning. Burning sensation in the right side. Kind of the hip coming up. Burning sensation. Who has that? Okay. Really think you have to. Things good about when you can feel them, you can tell them. 
exactly what it feels like. Um, I have this like sharp pain right in here on the right side. Um, I don't know what it, what it is though. Sharp pain, lower right abdominal, kind of in the middle of the right abdominal area, right in here. Sharp pain. Did you say sharp pain? Yeah. Sharp pain, right side in here. Who has that? Sometimes it'd be people on a team. Okay, good. Somebody needs to miss so I can ex- do some pastoral explaining here. So it comes to me. Uh, burning sensation in the front of both thighs, uh, from about lower pocket area to the beginning mm-hmm. of the knee. Yeah, the burning. That, you mean you don't have the same word. You have the condition. No, I have the condition. Okay, there's one. And, and now, he had it on both legs also. Right, that woman back there has it too. Pastor Dave, this is exciting. I had this heaviness that just came over right, right in about here and kind of went all the way through to my back and just I had difficulty taking deep breaths. Just Respiratory problem in the chest goes all the way back to the back. Have trouble taking deep breaths. There's several on that one. I heard the word auto accident and then I saw a windshield. So I believe somebody's being healed from damage from an auto accident. All right. Somebody... Is in an automobile, automobile accident, and it involved the uh, windshield being damaged. Several. Okay. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. First, before we pray, I want you to, to focus on your body and see if your pain's gone and see if there's something you can do that you couldn't do before and just see if anybody got healed by the Word. And if so, I want you to weigh, if you're at least 80% or more better, weigh both hands over your head. To your wrist cross. One, two, both hands. Only three. If you don't weigh both hands, that just means I felt something. One, two, three, four. If you're if you're at least eighty five, if you're at least eighty percent better, weigh both hands over your hand to your wrist cross. If you don't weigh both hands, I don't count it. Let's do it again. Let's see. I want to see. Everybody. Eighty percent or more better, weigh both hands over your wrist. That means if you did it a while ago, do it again. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit etiquette. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, before we pray, one thing, just when things come to me, I've got to give it or forget it. Tommy Reed told me he was in the 48 Healing Revival. His dad, and he was a little boy, young teenager. He's like 70-something now. But his dad was in it. And he said, I asked him, why did it end? He said one of the reasons it ended was there were so many miracles, the church had lost the ability to be awed. And we began to take these miracles and healings for granted. And the things that were smaller that we used to get excited about, we said, oh, hum, hum, ho, hum, you know, we've seen better things than that. When the church lost the ability to give praise to God and be awed by His moving in their midst, it grieved the Holy Spirit. And it helped, was one of the contributing factors to the ending of the Great Healing Revival in 1948. Okay. Those of you that's already at least 80% or more, wave, uh, keep waving your arms because that really encouraged me. We're going to start praying for the others. In the name of Jesus, we come against sickness and disease. 
And we bless every person that's standing up. You gave a word for them that you want to heal them. We believe your word. And so, Father, we ask for the angels of God to come with healing their wings. And we ask for the Holy Spirit in them to be, begin to become, uh, to activate this gift of healing. We pray that you would move upon them. They would feel their pain leaving. They would feel, uh, Lord, your anointing come upon them. We bless them in Jesus' name. God, we bless kidneys. We bless uh, uh, the uh, knees. We bless the thighs. We bless the groins. We bless, uh, uh, Lord, the, the, the back of the neck and, and over into the right shoulder behind the, co- uh, the, the shoulder blade. We command all those pains to leave. Lord, every word that was called out, God, we bless that word in Jesus' name. And we pray for your power to come upon the people and to go through them. In the authority of the name of Jesus, I command every spirit of affliction to leave. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Every spirit of affliction, we command you to leave in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray that the gift of faith would well up in their hearts. That they know that you, have, you do not give these words to tease us. So come, Holy Spirit. Now... If you're beginning to feel your pain moving, getting better, getting uh, or getting worse, uh, heat or electricity or anything happening in your body, even uh, I want you to put one hand in the air that says, I'm sensing something's happening to me. I feel something's changing. And for those of you that's at least uh, those of you who are at least 80 percent or more, you just keep waving both hands because right now is a battle in the spirit realm. And when I see what God has already done, it encourages us to continue to pray. And for those of you that aren't able to weigh both hands, but something has happened, you're aware of the anointing presence of God on you, just put one hand there. If it begins to increase, begin to weigh the one hand. Father, I thank you for these two ladies right here in the front. You're, You're touching them. And over there on that side, two more that's being touched. You see, when I see this, there's a fifth one and a a sixth and a seventh and an eighth and a ninth and a tenth and an eleventh and a twelfth and a thirteenth and a fourteenth and a fifteenth and a sixteenth, seventeen more people that are saying, I'm feeling something's happening in my body. And so how could we stop praying when you're indicating God's touching you in some way? Father, we bless what you're doing. And we ask you to multiply the anointing, increase the power, set them free. Loose them from their pain. In Jesus' name, we command vertebras in the neck to go into place. In Jesus' name. We bless ovaries. I think some of those lower abdominal things, uh, especially the one two, on the left, two inches below the belt, is a, an ovarian problem. And we command every cyst on the ovary to, to disappear, to shrink and then disappear in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, release more of your power. Release more of your power. Release more of your power. Now, you can't see it, but the God's all over this woman right here on the front row. I mean, she's weeping under the power of God. Now, those of you that uh, have something that is hurting and hurts to move, I want you, because uh, there are many times we've been praying for somebody and praying, 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 and they said, nothing's happening. I said, well, try to move. And when they would try to move, what they couldn't move, that's when the healing came. And so I, if you have a back problem, I want you to try to bend over, do something, twist. If you have a knee problem, begin to move it. If you have a thigh problem, whatever it is, if you've got a wrist problem, begin to circular, uh, make circular motions with your wrist. If you've got a shoulder that won't lift up, try to do it. What, 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 what I can't allow you to do is just to stand there or sit there passively. 
It's what Oral Roberts was talking about. He said, just extend your hand and touch the TV. Was no healing in the TV, but it was a, a point of release for your faith. More, Lord. Release your anointing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Release your healing and release your anointing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, angels of God. In Jesus' name. More. More, Lord. For more information on the ministry of Randy Clark and Global Awakening, please contact us on the web at www.globalawakening.com or you can phone us at 866-AWAKENING. That's 866-292-5364. We pray that this message will encourage your walk with the Lord. Thank you and God bless.